his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beauty Rest Black with 60-month special financing. Only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Oh, it's on. It is on, ladies and gentlemen, as we get rolling here for a Thursday afternoon edition, the final show in the studio this week. We take it on the road tomorrow afternoon, 24 hours from now, Fish Fry Friday at uh, Incarnate Word Parish. I've been practicing for the last couple of weeks because, again, the copy originally was written as Incarnate World. And just like <laughs> just like Will Ferrell or uh, I guess it would be Steve Carell on on Anchorman, either one of those, I just read the copy. But I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Now, we mentioned yesterday, Jane will not be with us tomorrow. She got called away to a basketball game down in Alabama where her daughter goes. But we're going to have fun. Fred, who is on the panel tomorrow? Uh, we have John Lamping. Former Senator Lamping. And he was supposed to be there a couple Aww, of weeks ago. Nice. Right. And we've got Donna Beringer filling in for Jane. State Good. representative. And we've got Jeff Rainford. Okay. Can you tell I'm out of breath right now? No, not <laughs> That's at how all. out of shape I am because I, I, I had to walk... What do you think it is between here and Abby in my office? 30 yards? Maybe. If that. Yeah. I had to sprint to the yeah. office and grab yeah. a piece of hair. This that is a sad situation. Yeah, that this too, right? That was one piece of advice Jack Buck gave me. Which is what? Never run to a microphone. Oh, oh he's right well, about he's that. Right. Yeah. By the way, you guys, is tomorrow the one that we uh, that has gumbo? The uh, fish fry? Oh, it is. I think yes, it is. Oh. It is. So I'm just telling you that we have gumbo in our future. <laughs> As a just a way to get you through the day. Can I can I just share a quick story, Go Fred, on. about the uh, the studio being far away, just yes. related yeah. to Jack Buck. So when I when I worked in Milwaukee at WTMJ, our studio was very close. Our newsroom was very close to the TV studio. It was three three uh, to NBC TV affiliate. There was WTMJ Radio, the AM, and then there was WKTI, which was the FM. It was a huge, huge building. They they just moved out of it. It was called Radio City, very legendary building in Milwaukee. So the news, my news director's office was quite a bit. I, I think it's almost uh, the distance between where we sit right now and like the newsroom, not the studio at Camwex, but it was a, you know a fair oh, jaunt. That's so fair. We- we're three of us are sitting in Dan, the news director's office, just kind of shooting the you know what after the morning show. And I was on the morning show, so this was I don't know right right before I do know it was right before nine o'clock. And <laughs> Charlie Sykes, who some people know because Charlie used to be a staunch conservative, and then 
when Trump came along, he did an interview. This is this is all true. He did an interview in March of that year before the Wisconsin primary with Trump, and he he kind of gave it to him, and it went national. And Charlie decided to become like chief never Trumper, started something with a couple other folks called The Bulwark, and also became the token conservative on MSNBC, which was weird to me because he was one of my mentors and he was staunchly conservative for many years. And then Mm. he kind of, well, you know, the truth be told, he was a liberal. A lot of the, you know, he was a reformed liberal and then he decided because of Trump, he went in the other direction. Anyway, he's doing the show. And the news starts on this particular station when the host wraps up. So it's not like you're hitting a hard, you know, 3 or 4 p.m. or something like that. He sees that John Jagler, one of our anchors, was not in the studio. And John was sitting with me in the uh, newsroom. He starts the news sounder. So Jagler has to run out of the Uh. studio. He's like, oh! He kind of forgot that the newscast, and he sits down, and I, I'm going to actually see if I can find the audio to this, because the first few words that come out of his mouth are like, planes, trains, <laughs> and like his I mouth his mouth doesn't even work at one point, <sighs> and we're all sitting back in the newsroom just laughing our asses oh. off at this professional radio that just occurred. Anyway, just a random thought, because you reminded me of that, Fred, and we hope to see you at Incarnate Word uh, tomorrow. Of course, we'll have the, the regular show going on as well in the 4 o'clock hour. Paul Hall and Entertainment Kusumano will be here. We have Missouri Congressman Ann Wagner swinging by for a visit and our own Brad Young, who is our 97.1 legal analyst, and you hear him here filling in for a show, so that's all coming up tomorrow. Um, as we get started here, both presidents, former President Trump and the current president, Joe Biden, although I don't know if Joe Biden really knows where he is right now, but he's down at the border. There are two different locations on the border. Trump is in uh, Eagle Pass, Biden is in Brownsville, right? Right. And I think there's been a lot of criticism of uh, the current president because he's going to an area which really does not have a lot of migrants crossing illegally. So that was pretty convenient for him. But look, they're they're going back and forth on this. And I, I think it's pretty clear that President Trump would have a better plan at closing down the border. Here's KJP. The mayor of Brownsville is Republican. So he's going to hear from people who are directly affected by this day in and day out. So again, not about politics. This is about coming together in a bipartisan way to try to deal with an issue that majority of Americans care about. I know, Sue is laughing. You I'm can't sorry. help but laugh, right? This is not about politics, right? And the mayor of Brownsville, where nothing really is happening, he's a Republican. So that's why we're going there because we can make it seem like it's bipartisan. What do you say to people, though, who think that this is just an election year stunt? Finally caring about the border after it's been a problem for the last three years. Here's the thing. Here's what I would say. On the first day of this president administration, he put out a comprehensive immigration policy to deal with this issue. He did that on the first day. That was his first piece of legislation. I would hope the American people would see how serious this president was or is (laughs) about they don't about fixing this issue. You know, they, they don't see that. Yeah, and and I think it, no matter what she wants to say, I, I just I really don't. There's things that I understand in life and things I don't understand. I don't understand how month after month after month. And really, it wasn't it was year after year. You can see these images. This isn't anything new. This has been going on for a couple of years now. And it really got seriously bad, I think, late last year. And then finally, you decide to do something. You appoint the vice president as the czar, she doesn't even go to the border. And then when she does, she does the same thing. She doesn't go where really things are happening. They have no interest 
in solving this whatsoever. They just want to blame Republicans. Now, we're going to have Chris Clem on here in just a few minutes. He's outstanding. He's a former chief Border Patrol agent in Yuma, Arizona. He's been one of our go-to guys here recently on the border. He'll have something to say. And, you know, the other thing about Chris is he'll offer some solutions on, on what we can do. The problem is getting both parties on the one side of some sort of compromise with immigration seemingly is impossible. So he is coming up here in just a little bit. We have our friend Jazz Shaw from HotAir.com in the next hour. Andrew Bailey, the Missouri Attorney General. This is going to be an interesting conversation in the 5 o'clock hour. Nicholas Wade is going to be here. I saw this yesterday, and he is a science editor and was a former science editor with the New York Times from 1990 to 1996. So he goes back a while with the Times. But he wrote a book called Before the Dawn of the Faith Instinct and a Troublesome Inheritance. So he's got a bunch of different books out. But he's written about COVID origins and um, really thinks that this lab leak hypothesis, there's a lot to it. So Mr. Wade will be with us. And then Phil Holloway on all the text messages that have now been exposed in the Fonnie Willis case. Sue, have you kept kind of kept track of that and what's going what, on? Fonnie? Willis. Well, with just the, a so million texts. Well, yesterday what happened was, um, oh, you know what? I think by, uh, President Trump is speaking at the border. Let's see if we can go there right now. Hang tight. Hold on here. Breaking news. War, because that's what you're in. You're in a war. And William Mike Gorby, you know who he is, and he's been fantastic. It's just an incredible group that you've put together. Fortunately, uh, I might ask uh, Brandon to say a couple of words because right at the beginning we were uh, we were into it. We saw what was happening and. The governor was there, and then he really, he really stepped it up. It's been amazing. Uh, I came when I was lucky enough to receive his endorsement. I endorsed him also, and uh, very proudly endorsed him. And uh, a lot of things have happened in the last little while, but this is an incredible operation. Uh, Brandon, would you like to say a couple of words, please? Absolutely. Thank you, sir. It's President Trump at Eagle Pass, Texas. Uh, sir, I, w- I want you to know, your agents, my agents, they're mad as hell absolutely mad that President Biden went to Brownsville, Texas, rather than going to Arizona, rather than going to San Diego, California, rather than coming to Eagle Pass, Texas, which has been the epicenter. What President Trump has seen right here is he's seen how his policies have worked, but he's also seen how he can expand upon those policies once he takes goes back into the White House. He has seen how Governor Abbott has been able to use his policies to secure this specific area, the epicenter of the last two years of the illegal border crisis that we have had to endure. And your agents, President, they are pissed. Border Patrol agents are upset that we cannot get the proper policy that is necessary to protect human life, to protect American citizens, to protect the people that are crossing the border illegally. We want to protect them as well. And we can't do that because President Biden's policies continue to invite people to cross here. Thank goodness we have a governor like Governor Abbott. Thank goodness we have somebody that's willing to run for president of the United States, forgo everything else that he's been doing to serve the American people, President. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is live down at the border right now. Eagle Pass, Texas, President Trump. And everybody's been, and I spoke to the parents of an incredible young lady, and you, you saw her the other day. You saw what happened the other day in Georgia. And the parents are devastated. They're incredible people. But this is a Joe Biden invasion. This is a Biden invasion over the past three years. I call him Crooked Joe because he's crooked. He's a terrible president, the worst president our country's ever had, uh, probably the most incompetent president 
we've ever had. But it's uh, allowing thousands and thousands of people to come in from China, Iran, Yemen, the Congo, Syria, and a lot of other nations. Many nations are not very friendly to us. He's transported the entire columns of uh, fighting-aged men, and they're all at a certain age, and you look at them and say, they, they look like warriors to me. Something's going on that's bad. Now the United States is being overrun by the Biden migrant crime. It's a new form of uh, vicious violation to our country. It's migrant crime. We call it Biden migrant crime, but that's a little bit long. So we'll just leave it. But every time you hear the term migrant crime, you know where that comes from. So that's President Trump live. The audio is uh, skipping around a little bit. So we'll get out of that. We're going to come back to Chris Clem here in a second. But President Trump reminded me of something. And I got to this very late in the show yesterday. And it bears uh, repeating because it was from Riley Gaines, who wrote a great column about um, what happened with uh, Lake and Riley in in Georgia. And and I thought this was uh, impactful when she said, And think about the last week, right? There have been no marches for Lake and Riley. There have been no riots. There's been no condemnation of her killer by the senior citizens supposedly leading this country. I mean, we we saw, and Fred, do you have the bite where KJP is talking about Lake and Riley? Because I heard something today, and she made the case that, well, you know, we can't really speak because it's an active investigation, right? Well, give me a break. Yeah, let me tell you. And maybe it wasn't KJP that was up there during, I can't remember who was there. It was, but I don't have that. Well, not during George Floyd. That's what I'm referencing. So during George Floyd, it was Jen Psaki. And, uh, you know, Mike Brown goes back to the Obama administration, but it didn't. It didn't force them to delay their reaction when there was alleged white supremacy or when a cop was involved. They they jump in real quick. In this particular situation, when you have and, and this is what Riley Gaines says, never mind the fact that President Biden has posted 27 times about the je- death of George Floyd, which, by the way, has been exposed as such a sham. And you need to watch that documentary from Minneapolis because it's a joke, really, what happened in that particular case. But everyone in the country was swept up by it, right? So no no tweets about Lake and Riley. There were no breaking news reports or large featured articles from left-leaning mainstream media outlets about Lakin's death. The New York Times posted six stories, she says, about a dead owl on its front page in the 24 hours following her death. None about Riley. I did not see those stories, but th- that's interesting. If Lake and Riley's death hits unusually close to home for you, that's because it should. She was a beautiful 22-year-old nursing student who had no earthly inclination that she'd ever return from her daily run on campus. Understand this could have happened to anyone. And, and she's right about that. And let it be known, Riley Gaines said, Lake and Riley wasn't killed by an Athens resident like the AP reported. That's ridiculous, right? They essentially, wait, she links to this AP article. Let's pull this thing up here and see how much journalistic uh, malpractice. Police arrest man and killing of nursing student at University of Georgia. 26-year-old man arrested Friday in the killing of a nursing student whose body was found. Police said he apparently did not know the victim. He acted alone. There was no further threat to the university um, community. The suspect, identified as Athens resident Jose Antonio Ibarra, was taken into custody. Yeah, so they, um, well, they don't really care very much at all. I'm just reading down in this article anyway. I'll have to go back to that. But Riley uh, does an exceptional job in her column on this, and she makes it very clear this was entirely preventable. Joe Biden, Secretary Mayorkas, the Democrats in Congress, they've created this. They've encouraged a dangerous situation at our border. Look, all you have to do, listen to Bill Malusian interview people. They, they love Biden. They know that Biden is sending the message, come on in, the border's open. And they, they claim that that's not the message, but it is the message. And that's exactly why 
tens of thousands of people every week are flooding across the border. So this column by Riley Gaines was written before the visit today. Because she says, Joe Biden is set to visit the border. Is this because he knows his immigration policies have contributed to one of the worst presidential approval ratings in history and a big election is around the corner? Will he keep gaslighting the American people by assuring us that the borders are secure and more or as more senseless deaths, crime and fentanyl successfully make it across the border? What will he do? I, I heard Jay Johnson on Fox today who was in the Obama administration and he was asked about this and he's outraged by it because th- this is unacceptable what's happening. So they're going to try to save face down in Brownsville today. I don't think it's going to work very well. Chris Clem, who was a border agent and a supervisor for 27 years, is going to weigh in next on 97.1 FM Talk. Hang in there. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I feel, well, I often feel stupid, but I, I think I really feel stupid because I'm watching the event down in Eagle Pass, Texas with the governor of Texas, uh, Greg Abbott, and I, I was, I think I was unaware that he's in a wheelchair all the time. Sue, so did you know that? No, I don't think I did. He um, he had an accident that left him paralyzed below the waist, so in this particular event, and he's on right now, I can kind of sample this, President Trump just went off the stage. President Trump just talked, there were four wow. policies that he put in place that led to the lowest illegal border crossings in about four decades. The end of catch and release, the Title 42 policy, the Remain in Mexico policy, and building the border wall. All Joe Biden had to do to secure the border was to keep in place what President Trump put in place in the first place. But instead, what Joe Biden did, he signed executive orders eliminating all of the effective policies that President Trump put in place, and then Joe Biden, Joe Biden did something even worse. Joe Biden lied to America when he told America that he needed Congress to pass laws for him to be able to do something about the border, because there are three laws that Congress has already passed that are on the books right now that Biden could and should enforce. One is a law that, re- that requires the Biden administration to deny illegal entry into the United States, like what Texas is doing right here and like what President Trump did. He's not denying illegal entry. President Biden is aiding and abetting illegal entry. The second law is requires the president's administration to detain anybody who does get here illegally. 
So that's Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, um, giving a speech right after an appearance by President Trump down at Eagle Pass, Texas. Meantime, I mean, like right now in Brownsville, that's where President Biden is. Chris Clem is with us this afternoon. Perfect timing, Chris. Welcome back. Former chief border agent patrol in uh, Yuma, Arizona, supervisor for many decades. He did this for 27 years. He's back with us this afternoon. Chris Clem, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm actually off the border. I'm in Iowa. It's cold. It's windy. Uh, but, uh, hey, it's, it's a great day. Is there a wall? Maybe you can confirm. Is there a wall between Missouri and Iowa that you're aware of for Missourians to not climb over into Iowa, Chris? No, I'm not aware of that. I haven't seen anything like that. But, uh, look, I, this is my second visit to Iowa in the last year. And, uh, yeah, they've been very welcoming uh, hearing about the truth on the ground, uh, you know, about the, about the border. So it's a uh, Again, we're living, living uh, every town's a border town, every state's a border state when we don't have border security. Well, I appreciate you allowing me a little levity here because this is obviously not a joking situation. It's very serious. Let me ask you first and foremost about President Biden's visit. Finally, you know, obviously he had the vice president all over this issue for the last few years. But it's my understanding that he's not where he's going in um, in Brownsville. That's not really where he should be going to get a good flavor for what's happening down there. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, this is typical. They're going to go uh, to uh, spend, the, uh, spend the real problem. Um, I was looking at some numbers just the last uh, three days, I think Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Brownsville, Texas had a total of 35 apprehensions, I believe. But you can go upriver a couple hundred miles to Eagle Pass where they had, you know, over 1,000. So, yeah, they're not uh, – this is just going to be a photo op for him and, and the opportunity to point fingers at, at Congress, which is, I think, what they want to do. What, what do you think, then, the, uh, the agents themselves, the, the men and women you worked with, well, what's their reaction to this? Do you think they're going to be pretty upset? They're going to they're going to in their minds. Uh, it, it, they know that it's a big facade that, uh, you know, they're they're living it. They've been living it. They've seen this completely unravel. Um, I would like to see him go down there and apologize for how he's treated Border Patrol over his last uh, couple of years. But uh, the reality is, is we won't get that. And uh, he'll point the finger at uh, everybody else but uh, his and his administration who have you know made this a problem since day one. Yeah. And, and then you have, you know, obviously the former president's very interested in this issue. And there are a lot of people that think that and I, I think you probably agree that this situation would be very different if he was in office. Here's what President Trump said. By the time this guy gets out of office, one of 18 million people, in my opinion, in a country that shouldn't be here. And they do come from prisons and mental institutions and they are terrorists. And we're going to be paying a price and it will be the largest deportation in the history of our country. Well, you know, you hear uh, Trump say that, and obviously people are say he hates immigrants, right? They have a big uh, problem, I think, people on the other side, Chris, distinguishing between legal immigrants and, and immigrants. In fact, I even saw on Fox this morning a legal immigrant, someone who came to this country, Hispanic, right, who was complaining about the migrants and the, the illegal migrants because there's a difference. Yeah, no, the, based on the President Trump's soundbite, you know, that's, uh, I don't know where he got all the numbers from, but I'm sure he's got better access than I'd ever had. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I wish him luck. I think there's going to be a big issue with uh, the biggest deportation operation. I don't know how that's going to truly play out because uh, there are some people that are going to have due process uh, issues because they've got notices to appear. They have hearings scheduled. But some of the, there'll be plenty of people for him to go get. You know, I, I saw an article as well today that uh, this administration has called them newcomers. So that's just another poke in the eye to the American people, to those that went through the process the right way. These illegal aliens, which is the term defined by law, we call them migrants now, illegal migrants, 
um, they are now being referred to as newcomers when they get uh, released into the country. So again, complete spin, complete the thumb in the, uh, the nose to, uh, to the American people. Chris, you, you wrote a piece this weekend and you talked about a phrase, um, tall fences and wide gates. And, and there's a, there's an origin story for that particular phrase. And I want you to explain why you think it's important here. Well, again, I go back, uh, there was a, you go back to 2008, a uh, primary, uh, the late great uh, Senator Fred Thompson was asked a question about border security and immigration. And he kind of used that phrase or something very similar to it. And it, and it, uh, it resonated with me. And so I look at tall fences and wide gates as uh, a, a step in the right direction to securing the border. We have to secure the border. We have to start by fixing the leak. That's the tall fences. Build the tall fences. And that is metaphoric for all the things that we need, that the border agencies need to do their job. Fences, infrastructure, access roads, technology, sensors. But the wide gates are going to be cleaning up this mess of, of making it very difficult for people that want to come here, that we need to get here. They shouldn't be waiting a lifetime for a visa if American businesses are looking for, for employers if we can't find the job and the workforce here. So wide gates is, fi- is, is a metaphor for let's, let's streamline the process for those that need to lawfully come here so we can attain and attract the best people. And you know what? Let the honest ones get in line, but let's also uh, you know hold some consequences for those that are dishonest. So yeah, I believe that that is a step in the right direction, but it starts with security. You have to secure the border first. You have to fix the leak, not just give us buckets to bail water. And that's what this administration wants to do. Everything is about making things efficient for the migrant. And, and I'm, you're, by the way, the path and the outline that you just you know spoke to, I think, is absolutely right. My concern would be, and this is where you know compromise becomes a dirty word, because you're right about the wide gates. You do have to increase the uh, you know the the path, or at least make it more clear. The problem is, is that that seems to be the issue that Congress is just not willing to decide because people are so divided on this. Yeah, no, I agree with you because that's not something they want to go back to their constituents for, right? and say, hey, uh, yeah, I agreed to let more people in. Look, if you if you started with the premise of, hey, we're going to secure the border first, we're going to finish what we started, then at that point, uh, and you can do it simultaneously, but it starts with securing the border first, then they can actually go to the constituents and say, hey, what are you looking for? If we don't have the – we've got a, a tech business in this community, but we don't have the right labor force. We need to figure out a way to get – you know, uh, worker visas for uh, people that are, uh, you know, have that background. I mean, go to the people on the ground. That's the problem is Congress thinks they know it all and they get up there and they just do this dance and punt to their next reelection. Go to where it matters. The American people, the business owners, those that are working hard every day to put food on the table, they will tell you what the solutions are. That's why it's important that these House hearings and things like that happen at the border because they get to hear from the constituents. Meanwhile, when they, or when they don't, they're up there in Washington protected inside that beltway, and, and nothing's getting done. Chris Clemens here. He's a 27-year border agent and supervisor. Now, you talked about something. This kind of piqued my interest because you, you mentioned in the piece you wrote that not every migrant wants to remain here permanently, and you talked about something that could be perhaps seasonal with migrants. Has there ever been anything really spelled out specifically on that particular aspect, if you could have migrants that are seasonal for, I'm guessing, for California or, you know, fruits, vegetables, things like that? Is that what you're speaking to there? Yeah, I mean, we have H-2As, H-2Bs. Those are, you know, tech and agriculture visas. That that process is there, but it's so arduous, and it usually takes, you know, almost years for someone to get that visa. And so it almost de-incentivizes people both on our side and uh, across the border for, for doing things the right way because it takes so long. So we've got to clean up that process to make it better for us. And, yes, not everybody that, we, that comes in illegally wants to stay here forever. They want to come over here, get a job, maybe get, you know, uh, uh, get educated. But 
they want to go back. At least a lot of them do. They would rather be in their home country. They just don't have the options that they do here. And of course, we're giving them handouts. But yeah, I think that there's 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 a sweet spot there. We just got to find it, and we got to be we have to have the political will to find it. That's the difference. There's there's oftentimes it's just too much. It's it's easier to, to be divisive and, and, and raise money for a reelection than it is to actually yep. do the work. Right. There's no doubt about that. And then one more issue to address that I think doesn't get discussed that, that you mentioned here, that suicides among Border Patrol agents reached a 13 year high in 2022. Why is that? Well, you know, there's a lot of things that lead to, uh, you know, suicide, at least the experts will tell you. But I will tell you that uh, the law enforcement profession has taken a hit and the Border Patrol was no uh, uh, was not, uh, uh, you know, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? The Border Patrol was uh, not immune to that as well, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. So there's obviously, you know, there, there's a lot of issues going on in people's lives, right? But at work, when there's there's no satisfaction because they felt like they're uh, devalued and, and and the mission that they they swore to uphold and protect was being taken out from underneath them by policies by this administration. I think that's a contributing factor. There's no there's no happy place if you're dealing with you know, issues at home, whether it's financial, emotional, uh, physical, or relationship-wise, and then you go to work and you're just being, you know, basically you're an Uber driver or, or, or a babysitter. I mean, they're just, they're, they're, they kind of lost hope. And unfortunately we lost, uh, you know, way too many agents to that. And so, you know, these are the things that we got to take into consideration when we're looking at why men and women join law enforcement, why men and women join the military. They, they come to serve and they want to do the right thing, especially on the law enforcement side, uphold the law. But when, the powers that be, especially in, in the Border Patrol situation, the president is not uh, not back in their play. It can just make it very difficult. Yeah, yep. I'm not blaming President Biden. I'm just saying that all these things are contributing factors that uh, led to, uh, unfortunately, the demise of way too many agents. Chris Klum, you're awesome as usual. The information was really, really great this afternoon. I appreciate it. We'll see what comes out of these visits. And uh, you enjoy your stay in Iowa. Thank you. You, you got it. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, Chris. He, he is great. And by the way, both presidents still down making their appearances. Trump appears to be wrapping things up. And um, there's some video on Fox of, of Biden right now. You know, one thing I didn't get into yesterday and I wanted to is the uh, the mayor. And I read that Riley Gaines column from earlier. But Sue, did you ever hear the audio from the mayor of Athens? Oh, no. Well, this this guy, <laughs> let me tell you, he's got the talking points from the Democrats down and uh, I don't think this went very well for him yesterday. So this was in a news conference situation, and he was addressing some of the questions that have come up in you know in the aftermath of Lake and Riley's death last week. So uh, they they tried to answer some questions. It didn't go well though for the mayor because he was being shouted down. Many of the elements. Liar. Many of the elements. Liar. 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 We we are here to listen. Liar. We are here to listen. Liar. There'll be time for questions. Many of the aspects. Yeah, so he tries to continue while people are shouting him down. Who voted to to make Athens-Clark County a sanctuary city, sir? Who? What's their name? I'm an old man. My ears he said i'm an old man um my ears are only so good that's kelly gertz he's the mayor of athens who i think is um well he he established himself more than a little left wing yesterday thank you everyone for being here today i appreciate your time well that's the one where you still disrupted here's what he said i'd say trauma affects all of us and i understand in the wake of a great tragedy like this we're all deeply hurt and everybody expresses their hurt differently. And he wants to blame Trump. Well, 2019 was not that long ago. You might remember the dynamic we were living in. 
in the late teens in this country where you had the President of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people who were foreign born. And you had that notion oh, metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. Okay, so he brings up tr- – tr- you know what? Here's the deal, Mr. Mayor, Mayor Gertz. This is not the late teens, as you call them, right? This is the early 20s or the mid-20s, and things have changed quite dramatically. And it's not that president who's to blame here. It's clearly your president because you're a partisan. You you know, clearly made that very apparent yesterday. In the main, I caution against conflating immigration and crime. The data demonstrates that the two are not connected. Because the impact of federal immigration policy on localities has been under such consistent discussion in recent months, I do want to say a few words about this. It's my 18th year as a local government policymaker, and my work has overlapped with four U.S. presidencies and numerous iterations of Congress. All of them have failed to reach agreement on how to handle immigration. And, you know, that, that's a fair point. However, it's never been this bad. Okay, right. and, and what we've been seeing at the border, and this is the other thing that's very frustrating. If you listen to a couple of those sound bites, they conflate legal and illegal immigration all the time. You, you heard him in his criticism of President Trump, right? He doesn't like immigrants. Right. There, there's such a huge difference between people who are climbing under fences, through fences, across rivers, you know, coming well, in with yeah. fe- how how there's not a distinction between, you know, legal immigration and a labor pool that might be possible and we, we know that they're not all criminals. Of Mark. course they're not all criminals. But how can you not have a situation where the border is secure? It's infuriating. It is. And if they admit that, then the whole thing crumbles. Well, so they just have to keep saying that over and over that's again. That's probably what it is. 343, we'll come back. Hey, I have an update on a story that I addressed yesterday in the Kirkwood School District at Robinson Ooh, Elementary. Good. I talked to um, at least one of the parents involved in that. I even got a response from Kirkwood Schools. Well, I'm I'll share that amazed. coming up. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. 
Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Up to see at the Fish Fry in Chesterfield tomorrow. Incarnate Word, we get started at 3 o'clock. We'll do the roundtable live, and we'll be there until 6 o'clock. I um, invited Congresswoman Ann Wagner to swing by. She thinks she's going to make it tomorrow night. Jane will not be there. She'll be off. So if you plan on coming out to say hi to Jane, you'll uh, say hi to Donna Berenger, who's a state <laughs> rep. She had to go down to Alabama, see her daughter, and go to a basketball game, Alabama and Tennessee, and I'm going to root for Tennessee just because she's standing us up for the fish fry. Oh, my goodness. How does that sound? All right, let me just quickly here on Kirkwood, let me let me get into this. I played some audio, and I think yesterday I said that the meeting was on Tuesday night. It was on Monday night. There was a Board of Education meeting, and parents, one after another, came up and expressed some concern, like this parent. Um, I have a well-written speech right here, but I'm actually just going to speak from the cuff. Um, I'm here to discuss a violent sexual predator that is in my daughter's class that has continued to fall on deaf ears. Uh, Everybody that we have spoken to has placed the blame upon you guys. Everything that they have said is based upon the policies that are written by you guys and revised by you guys. Um, These policies, if if that is a correct statement, is based upon little Sally maybe kissing, uh, excuse me, little Timmy kissing little Sally on the cheek and her not liking it. This is well past this. So, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to get my arms around. I spoke, that's Joey, one of the fathers, yeah. and I spoke with him today about all this, and I saw some of the messages that were shared with Kirkwood. I actually got a response from them, and I'll show that in a second. But it's outrageous what's happening. This is a fifth-grade kid who has been moved from class to class. The um, Sue, I will tell you that the, the text messages that this kid sent— um, I'm going to I'm going to do this as PG as I can. OK, okay. Let, let me understand something. He was harassing girls. He was harassing more than one. Year old. Oh, yeah. 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 And then, by the way, this is my understanding is this kid has been, you know, problematic in in uh-huh. other classes as well. So the quote here is now I'll have to accept the parents words on this. But let, let's just say that this is accurate. Come ride my oh. starts with a D. Let me stretch that. <gasps> starts with a C. This is a fifth grader. And then this one. Th- this is a special one. I'm going to murder you and your whole family. And then they, you know, the kid told them if they report to him, he'll attack them. And then, by the way, last Friday, he did attack a little girl. You mean, oh, my God. Yeah, so then he's in class, and the parents are apoplectic. They're like, and this, of Joey course. makes a great point here. One of the big things I want to point out is that I came in and literally had a silent protest and sat down with someone and brought in a book and said, I want you to know what it's like to feel uncomfortable having somebody around you. Now, I've never done anything wrong to anybody that is in this room. And I was escorted out by four police officers. My daughter, on the other hand, who has been victimized, who has been attacked by this kid, is now has a student in her class. And when she was unhappy about it, she was told to wipe the look off of her face and for her to uh, be nice to this kid. Yeah, so a little more context on that. They, the, the kid gets put into this class, and the teacher makes it clear. Everyone's got, you know, the, um, the right to an education, and this oh. student's going to be in here. And the kids, the kids who are threatened look back at the teacher in, um, in astonishing. Yeah, and yes. say, wait. And she's like, well, you better straighten yourself <gasps> up. So I reached out to the superintendent of Kirkwood Good. yesterday, and the, um, they, they actually responded. But I will tell you this. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this on the other side of the news because every once in a while, the host has to look up at the clock and decide if he's going to oh, rush something. So, yeah, so I, got, I actually got two responses. I got one from the superintendent, but it's the statement they, they released. There's somebody by the name of Steph Diedrich who just sent me an email saying, it's my understanding you've reached out. You're welcome to direct inquiries to me as the media content of course. for Kirkwood Schools to ensure a prompt response. Um, so they issued a statement. I'll tell you what that statement is. I think it's a bunch of bunk, by the of way. Of course. We're keep shining some light on this because apparently nobody else will. It's outrageous. It really is. Something needs to be done. We'll see if Kirkwood steps up to the plate. But as I indicated yesterday, okay, there's other components to this, as you might have guessed. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of Colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.